Hey everybody, it's Matt and Jess. Welcome back to The Radical Road. We are back out on the road together and this week we wrap up our last couple weeks of being apart and we dive into marriage. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road. Twitter, at The Radical Road 1. Visit our website, ontheradicalroad.com, and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Marriage. We're talking about marriage? Yeah. Hopefully not too much about our own. (laughs) Well, we're not going to shove it under the rug. Yeah, don't shove stuff under the rug. So, yeah, we wrapped up, what, a couple weeks of being apart, actually? Yes. So I was flying solo out here in the truck. I think we actually did an episode where I called in, which was kind of interesting. You did an interview. We were apart all in the middle there. I guess I was home for like a day or something. But, yeah, it was different. And I then mentioned we had about, a wedding. Yeah, I mentioned it was odd not having you around but I came home it was kind of it was kind of one of those things where I roll into town jump out shower change my clothes and we go to a wedding yes my cousin's wedding yeah Haley Witters country singer yeah look her up little promo there <laughs> little promotion yeah but it was a it was a cool little wedding it wasn't anything huge than a small Catholic church out on the gravel road, which I didn't even know existed, this particular church. But it was really cool. It was very cool. Um, Very ornate. Like, you could tell the place is old, but... They don't even use it for church services anymore. Oh, really? No. I did not know this. They just use it for weddings. But the acoustics in that place were amazing. Like, somebody could talk on the side of the room, and that thing would bounce around, and you could hear it perfectly. So, good place to have a wedding, because, I don't know, maybe it's men or certain people, whatever. But when they start saying the vows, sometimes they're really quiet, and you're like, what are they saying? <laughs> but uh, you could hear everything in there. That, like, and- I kept commenting about it. I'm like, they need to have, like, a concert in here or something. The acoustics are amazing. Yes. But uh, it was a very special day to watch um, Haley and Jake's love for one another be a part of that. Yeah. And I'm like, I was surprised what I was shocked by because I don't know what you get this idea in your head. You come home. I got to get dressed and we get dressed. I'm like, what should I wear? So I put on some nice blue pants and I don't even know, like a white shirt or something. And we go to this wedding and, you know, with them being the country music business, it should have seemed obvious that it was going to be a little more redneck. <laughs> <laughs> but it shocked me. Matt was, Matt was mad at me because I didn't give him the memo to wear his cowboy boots and his cowboy hat. I know. I was not happy because, like, <laughs> I walk in there. People are wearing cowboy hats and cowboy boots and jeans and, um, yeah, and, like, 
Jake the groom, he even had like a like an old classic kind of almost antique looking jacket that was brown. I mean, it was really cool. With the tie for the bow tie. Yeah. Like the ribbon look kind of. But I'm like, why was this not more obvious to me? I could have like totally threw on some jeans and uh, my boots, but we ended up doing that before the before the party afterwards. We ran home, put the jeans and the boots on. But well, that's because I mean, we glammed up for the wedding, and then the setting was a tent, and it was a beautiful setting in the cornfield. Um, just a very beautiful outdoor Iowa wedding. But they had um, a country funk band come from Nashville to play. So they had mentioned on the memo, um, on the invitation to um, change your clothes, to put your boots on. So we we changed our clothes. I totally missed that memo. No one told me anything. <laughs> which sorry, is, which sorry is, babe. Which is pretty normal. <laughs> sorry. Like I don't get details. You're on I a need-to-know basis. I just go, we need to be here. Let's go. You're on a need to know basis. Like, and I, I still think about that. I'm like, it should have been so obvious, but fortunately we had time in between, got the boots on. So I was super pumped about that. And I even wore my Carhartt pulled over hoodie. So I was on point after that. We got to stand by the bonfire. It was really cool. Yeah. It was by a cornfield out in the country, like just really cool. And they even had... um some like barbecue chef or something come up from Nashville and they roasted a hog. Like the food was so good. And they had hay racks to um, transport people from their cars down to the tent and the bonfire. Yeah. Which was really cool with the tractor, big old Iowa tractor. But honestly, the most fascinating piece to me was they had this trailer pulled up. So it was like a tent, the bonfire, and then there was a small enclosed trailer with two doors on it. These were the bathrooms. It was like a portable Porto Johnny enclosed trailer thing. But I walk in the door and I'm like. You're like, oh. It was the most <laughs> amazing bathroom on wheels I've ever yes, seen in my life. It was. <laughs> it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. Beautiful bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to drag this thing around with me. Like. I could sit on the crapper all day in that thing. But anyway. But what I loved is that <laughs> Haley and Jake did it very non-traditional. And they just adore one another. And it was just fun because they're so real. They're so down to earth and so real. And, you know, they're climbing um, the ladder in Nashville. And they have names and but it's fun that they're just so down to earth and so real and beautiful people. Yes. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, it was good. And then Sunday we went on a hike, which. <laughs> Effigy mounds. I'll tell you what, here's a warning. If you're thinking about getting in the trucking industry, come up with like some sort of ex exercise routine ahead of time, because you will pack on the pounds quickly, you will lose muscle quickly, and you will lose stamina and whatever else. Like, you lose it all, like, really fast. 
Like sitting in a chair all day, like it's worse than an office, I think. So while Matt was out on the road, I decide, because of what he's talking about right now, to get my tail back in gear and I start an exercise routine and I start doing some research and decide there's some habits I need to change in my diet that I was in denial about. And so... Well, it came a point where we were kind of looking at each other going, something's different. (laughs) (laughs) You don't look the same. (laughs) What's that hanging over your belt? (laughs) Right? (laughs) This is not good. Right. So... So, uh, We made some changes, necessary changes. We made some changes. I've had a lot of chick food this week. (laughs) Um, But we would decide to go on a hike on Sunday because... I've been just like, I got to get in nature or something needs to happen. So we decided to go on a hike. We drive up on the Mississippi. And what did we do? Like eight or nine miles or something? We did eight miles. Yes. I'm like, there's no lead up to this. Like, it's just get on the trail and we're going to go on this thing. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. I'm still feeling it. And... So for those of you... We're a week removed. Those of you that are listening in and you're not from Iowa... Um, the Effigy Mounds National Park is by the Mississippi River. Well, it's a national monument. Oh, national monument. Sorry. Um, is by the Mississippi River in northern Iowa, right next door to Wisconsin, Prairie du Chien. And, um, it's so funny because, you know, we, here we come from Utah doing these magnificent hikes in the mountains and incredible rocks and trees and whatever you can think of, right? Streams. And then we go to Iowa to the effigy mounds and we're like, oh, it's a mound. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the elevation gain isn't like crazy, but you are up on top of some really high bluffs. Yeah. So the views over the Mississippi are really super cool. Beautiful. But I'm like, what are these mounds? Maybe we should have done some research. I think it's some sort of ancient burial grounds or something, but they tell you not to walk on them and stuff, but... Yeah, it's an Indian burial ground. Yeah. We were more there for the exercise and not so much for the education, but anyway, we got a little (laughs) exercise and we've been hitting it really good this week with walking and stuff and eating all my chick food, mostly salads. We've been strict. Yeah. And apparently my belly's going on down, already going down. It is. Yeah, apparently mine is too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Oregon. We're back in the truck together. We leave town. We've already chugged all the way out here to Oregon. It's amazing. I don't, like we talk about the weirdest things sometimes. My head works so weird. Because we start, I start thinking about truckers you know and because you see these signs and and i guess more recently i found it kind of strange that randomly people were going thank you for being a trucker for doing what you do and i'm like oh this is strange it's like i feel like that's more reserved for like military people like you walk up to military people and you're like thank you for your service Or like a police officer or something like that. But it's weird. Like all of a sudden I had like a few people like, hey, thanks for doing what you do. And I'm like, really? It's not that big a deal. But okay. Matt's like, like, what am I doing? 
I'll, <laughs> I'll accept it. But I get to thinking about like all the stuff truckers move and stuff. But for some reason, I started thinking about taxes and how the stuff we haul, if you think about from the very start where the thing gets built until it's in your house or wherever you're consuming it like as a consumer. Item. You're talking about an item. Like how many different times things get taxed? And like give, people, give our audience an example of an item. Well, my example was like a piece of furniture, you know? So like, like a, a piece, couch. Like a piece of furniture made out of wood specifically. Oh, a table. Okay. So maybe like a table. So you have a guy to go out, he cuts down a tree, he goes to the sawmill on a truck. The sawmill people cut it into boards, goes on another truck, goes to a factory. Like there's all these steps for a piece of furniture, right? It can actually hit on probably three or four different trucks at some point. But all along that way, you know, you got, you know, property tax, employment tax, fuel tax for the trucks, permits. Like there's all these things like. Taxes on the tools used. Just off the top of my head, I felt like a piece of furniture at minimum if you count all the people involved and the pieces along the way, that piece of furniture probably got taxed anywhere from 14 to 16 times before it's sitting in your bedroom or your living room or whatever. Like, this is just crazy. Um, but here we are, we're $31 trillion in debt because a government can't manage money. money. And then no one ever talks about state debt but it's just as bad, you know. California is over a trillion dollars now. So who really knows what the real number of debt is across this country? Um, and I'm not talking about manage manageable debt. I'm talking out there crazy debt that will take years upon years for people to pay back and no one seems to care about. But, you know, it just kind of spirals into this thing like okay at what point does do people realize that the government is not going to solve your problems that there's a certain level of personal responsibility that comes into things um so i had all these thoughts around it but anyway it kind of rolls into my piece about marriage so but what's your solution to the taxes. I say go vote. To the taxes? Yeah. Make sure you know who you're voting for. Well, I, well, I didn't want to rabbit trail and spiral this into a financial thing, but my goodness. like, There's always got to be a solution, though. Well, you know, I mean. Not just a problem. I mean, there's people saying we should blow up the Constitution and stuff, but, you know, our government was built on personal responsibility and not big government ran. I think at this point, like, you're going to have to really, I don't want to say blow up the financial sector of this country, because I feel like capitalism works, um, but you just have a rampant government that takes no responsibility for anything, and... You have a population that's just like, well, what can I do? So who knows where this all leads? Well, Albert Einstein said 
Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. No, it's going to take a different level of thinking. Yes. um, I don't know why I got into all that, but just things I think about on the road, like all the stupid little stuff that people don't just don't think about, you know, and. It did kind of blow my mind when you start talking about all the different taxes and you broke it down. I was like, wow, that's true. Like, I never thought of all the taxes that one item. Well, just think about all the things you do in a day that have taxes on them. Yes. Like, you do your taxes at the end of the year and everybody's like cheering when they get a return. Like, like they didn't pay taxes, that they're just getting money back. And that's not true at all. Everybody's paying... Well, not everybody. Half the country's not even paying federal tax. But there's all these taxes along the way that uh, get absorbed from you and everything. But um, anyway, not to get off tangent here because, you know, it just I've just been thinking about personal responsibility lately and how that involves in different things in life. And for some reason this last week, I just really got into some deep thinking around marriage. And what led me there was, you know, okay, you see all these problems in the country. Like, where do you start rebuilding, you know? Like, where does where does it all begin? And to me, it's about a family foundation, right? Like... that's where it all starts. You know, you look at the beginning of the country, it's it was families coming here. It was people wanting to start families, want a new type of life. And we're getting away from that more and more. So it's kind of a web of a problem, but for some reason I got latched on to marriage, you know, because statistically, you know, we're, still up around almost 50% of marriages in this country and in divorce. But now we have this other weird problem where people aren't even getting married anymore. Like they don't even believe in it. So I'm like, well, that's the foundation of a family is a man and a woman being married. Let's talk about that. Well, and statistically people are having less children nowadays too. Well, yeah, we're we're actually looking at a potential population decline because not only are people not getting married, but now people aren't even having kids either. But it's just interesting because, I don't know, I feel like this is a, it leads to a lot of these problems that we see because we've gotten away from this. And so my head really went to it. And it's just, I love how God works sometimes because I get around these thoughts, which we're going to share with you, but I really got to a point where I'm sitting there going, man, I've been searching for some of these answers. Like, where did they come from all of a sudden and why? And the very next day, this young man reaches out to me. He's like, Matt, I just really want to talk to you. I have 
some marriage questions. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is perfect timing. And I started laughing because he's like, why is this funny to you? And I'm like, oh, I just love how God works because, you know, I'm having thoughts around marriage and then boom, the next day you're calling me. I'm like, my thoughts apply to what is going on in your life right now. I'm like, so this is perfect timing. That's why I'm, I'm laughing. But anyway, you know, I guess when you look at marriage, like, like I said, it's truly the family foundation, right? And one of the first things I, I came to realize is like, God wants marriages. He wants men and women to be together. Created us and he created us to come together. Yeah, it talks about it in Genesis. Yes. And that ma it makes him happy. And, you know, it's ironically, you know, we're talking about this and I'm like, immediately, I'm going, is this, a, is this something we're in a position to talk about? Because we've both been married before and we've both been divorced so it's like when somebody who's been divorced starts chiming up about marriage advice, people automatically want to cancel that out, right? Like, what are you talking about? You failed. What could you possibly know about marriage? Usually when people want marriage advice, they go to people that have been married for like 50 years, right? Yeah, that's probably true. But... I don't know. I'm. But once you've been divorced, you, you learn a lot. You learn from that fa that failed attempt, right? You learn from the situation that was that you once had. Well, you would hope so, but statistics don't necessarily prove that. You know, the divorce rate on a first marriage is you know for, around forty-seven percent or something like that. The more times you get married that percentage just keeps going up. Yeah, but that's the world's percentage. That's not God's No, no, no. And stats. I, and I understand that. It's not God's stats. I'm just making a point, and this is how I got to some of my conclusions, because I'm like, people aren't learning anything. You know what I mean? If, if well, you, yeah, if you're falling into the same patterns. Right. Right. If you're if you're going into the next marriage with the same patterns, then you're going to fail again. So because when you look at it, you go, OK, this person got married a second time. It failed. They obviously did not learn something from the first one. Right. So I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, what is it that people are not learning? Yeah, but and it's like in a prior episode, we talked about that there was a study done and the people that actually... Um, find success are the people that are learners. So they've learned from their mistake, from that pattern, and they've changed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a data guy. I like to analyze stuff and I love numbers behind things. And, you know, you start looking at all the different data around marriage, like it's fascinating. Um, because first off, you look at Christians versus non-Christians, the divorce rate is much, much lower 
for Christian families. And I'm not talking about people that just go, I'm a Christian. I'm talking about people that go to church, are active at church, and live the Christian way, so to speak. They're followers. They're not fans. They're followers. Yeah. Yeah. The divorce rate is significantly lower. Now you can have some arguments around why that is or whatever. I don't really care. The point is it's lower. The interesting That's fact. That's because their foundation is on rock, not on sand. Right. With their marriage. A little side statistic on that. People that say I'm a Christian but aren't active in a church, their divorce rate is actually higher than a non-Christian. Really? That blew my mind. I'm like, well, of course, they're freaking liars. <laughs> <laughs> Living the lie. <laughs> you can't you can't be married for very long if you're a liar. You're already liar. You're already lying to God. Like, why are you doing? <laughs> and you can't lie to him. <laughs> he knows it all. <laughs> that stunned me though. Um, but it makes sense, you know. Yeah, it does make sense. Liars, hypocrites, whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to badmouth him, but it's an interesting statistic nonetheless. But anyway, I don't know. There's just so much fascinating data around marriage and you start digging in this. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to get to the point where we have solid marriages in this country and people believe in them, how do we get there? Like, how do you get there? You know, based on that statistic, it would seem pretty easy, like just get people back to God, right? Yes. That's the simplest of answers. And I agree with that 100%. But there's obviously more to it, right? So what is it about what Christians are doing compared to everybody else? Well, we unite in God. Like we're united together in Him. So, I don't know, for us, in our marriage, um, cause my, my marriage with you is based on God. My first marriage was not. And so, I would say, we live out the Word. You and I live out the Word together. And we're honest with one another about a lot of things. We get vulnerable. Yes. Like, we talk and communicate about the hardest stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because, of course, everybody's asked the question, like my grandparents have been married for 75 years, yes, 76 years, whatever it's been now. It's such a big number. I can't even remember what they're on now, but they're 94 years old. They've been together since high school. Yeah, they're lovely. A very long time. Lovely couple. You know, I've asked them over the years many times, like, What's the secret sauce, you know? Dancing and drinking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dancing and drinking. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I think a common answer is communication. Yes. Um, and it's funny because the older, older married couples get, the more they use humor to talk about why they're still together. Yes. And so then you never get a real answer. I don't think they really know the, know the real answer. I would say looking 
in from the outside, they're each other's best friend. Yeah. Um, they seem like best friends. Um, but they are also, they have faith. Yeah. They've always had faith and they've always had a lot of common hobbies together. Yeah. Well, you know, if you look at them specifically, you know, I know from talking to their children, so my father and my aunts and uncles, like they already, they always made their marriage a priority. And they will bluntly tell you that they put their marriage before their kids um, yes. because they knew that that was the foundation. You right. Know? If they're healthy, then their kids are healthy. Right. It rolls downhill. Um, I think that's a magnificent strategy. And I've always lived that way, thinking that way, because I'm like, you see people and they're like, my kids are the most important thing more than anything else. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of a dangerous strategy. Like, and then, you know, a couple of years later, you see the husband and wife divorced. And now Johnny Boy's out running the streets doing stupid stuff. But, you know. Um, well, I think, too, it's about being able to um, think about the other person before yourself. In marriage, it's important that we put the other person first, the spouse first, and think about their needs versus what we need all the time. I think we're, we tend to get micro-focused on, well, I need this. They're not doing this for me. Um, where we should be more concerned about what are what are their needs? What does, what does he need? What does she need? Yeah. What can I do for them today? Well, I brought up a quote from John F. Kennedy today, in fact, and I said, you know, he's got one of the most famous quotes ever from a U.S. president that says, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And, you know, that same way of thinking goes into relationships, right? Like somehow the script has got flipped. We don't think that way anymore. We're more thinking about what is my country doing for me? What is this person doing for me? Like it's got centrally focused and we've lost this personal responsibility that keeps relationships healthy, right? Right. Where we want to blame the other people or right. the other person in the relationship. Yeah. Because I kept asking the question over and over. I'm just like, why are, why do people like, why do they really get divorced? You know, like what's really going on? And coming from the people that have been divorced. And I've had a lot of experience here. So <laughs> I start looking at myself, you know, um, uh. <laughs> and, this, and like, this is the important piece I think is like what I really learned in researching this and thinking about it and looking at my past and looking at what I've learned as a Christian, um, you know, you really have to take a hard look at yourself. Yes. Like you really do. And I just go back and I think, you know, where I went wrong before. And it's easy to say, well, we fell out of love. Or we just grew apart, 
you know, you hear these things that people say, and I get it, like I understand it, but when it comes right down to it, you really have to look at yourself and what your piece in the relationship, right? You have to look at your piece, your responsibility, and what the relationship is. Yes. You know, we mentioned on a podcast a while back, we actually went to a marriage conference this summer. And one of the most important things that I heard in that conference was from a doctor who does like couples therapy or whatever you want to call it. He does marriage counseling. Yeah. But he does it from a biblical standpoint. And he, Dr. Brian. Yes. Amazing guy. Like he kind of blew my mind just because his thinking is just so much different than what I'm used to hearing, you know, but he made this comment. He's like, if you're married and you're fighting, that means your marriage is working. Yes. And when I heard that at first, I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were supposed to be in love and everything was supposed to be great and there would be no arguments. You know, this is what the world tells you, right? Yes. And especially for girls, you grow up and you want the fairy tale wedding, you want to be swept off your feet, and you have all these idealistic views of what marriage should be. But here you have a guy standing up in front of all these couples going, if you're fighting, it means it's working. And I'm going, okay, doc, tell me more, because I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Bring it to me. Like, what's, what is this all about? And he's like, you know... We come into these relationships and, you know, as Christians, we understand that we are broken and flawed. Each one of us. And, you know, God made man and woman to come together because we'll highlight the things that we need to work on personally. And that blew my mind. It's kind of changed everything for me and how I look at things. So when I started like thinking about this this last week, I'm just like, oh man. If I look at my marriage before, this is where I was broken and I never fixed it. And it just like went away that I didn't even see coming because you know you get out of the relationship you get divorced and it's like well that person did this and this person did that and blah 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 and it's like a big mess right well i'm grateful to have the refined mat <laughs> well i'm trying yes um, but i think it's important you know in these marriages for each of us as couples that you do need to, like I said, allow yourselves to be vulnerable, to get dirty sometimes with, you know, telling each other the truth. And, but what it's most important is not just the vulnerability, but then to be able to receive. Yeah. You know, we need to be able to be open and to receive what our, our partner, our spouse says to us. Yeah. Um, because like Matt said, we are, we are all flawed um, we all have, you know, deep iniquities that we deal with. And it's like, we just, 
need to pull those out. And that's what our spouse is there for us. They're, they're able to pull those out of us and to help us grow. But we need to allow that to happen. We have to receive and allow that growth to happen personally. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, depending on what your life has been like, you know, for men or anybody for that matter, like pride always wants to rear its ugly head, right? Pride's not of God. It's not. You know, you really have to swallow a hard pill and go, what is causing this? I mean, we even had something come up this week where I'm like, we're picking up this load and holy cow, I don't know how many straps I got over this thing, but you're walking around, just getting some exercise, walking around the building and I'm just trying to do this thing. And I just found myself getting extremely frustrated. I don't like, I don't even know why, like, that was the big question is like, I'm doing this thing. It's just a menial task in my head. I'm thinking, Oh, I want to get going. And this is just very time consuming and all this frustration just creeps in. Right. And I'm going, you know what? This is a pattern for me. Like this is a pattern for me for as long as I can remember Like the stupidest little things will set me off to where I just get frustrated. And if anybody enters my bubble, they will see the wrath of Matt. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't kidding. (laughs) And I mean, it's not, Uh, I don't know. It's not like ugly or anything. Like I'm not throwing punches and stupid stuff. It's just, you know, get away from me. Like (laughs) there's a snapping, snappiness to it, I guess. So, you know, I like, I really like, okay, I'm going to like seriously put some thought around this and like, where is this coming from? You know? So I really had to deep dive on it. You know, I wouldn't have this way of thinking if it wasn't for me coming to Christ, if it wasn't for me reading and understanding the Bible, if it wasn't for being around men who openly talked about their problems And gave me the okay to be vulnerable and take a look at who I am as a man and look at my inside and go, hey, it's okay to be broken. Let's figure out how to fix this, right? Like, how do we do that? Well, there's a quote here and it says, anyone can run away. It's super easy. Facing problems and working through them, that's what makes you strong. It's so true. I wish I would have figured this out years ago. But to go back to my point, you know, when I start looking about, okay, what's driving divorces, it's people's lack of looking within themselves and improving themselves as people. We're very quick to blame the other person. We're very quick to blame circumstances. We're very quick to blame finances. You know, there's all this blame that we want to latch on to. Or we have another problem where people just choose to sweep it under the rug. Or you, yeah, or you just ignore it all together. Till it's a huge mountain. And I'm not talking about like instances of like physical abuse and mental abuse and stuff like that. That's a completely different topic for people that know more about that than yes, me. Yes, any type of abuse is totally not in this range. <laughs> right. But you know, I sit and think about it and it's like 
you know, you go, you get married, you make these vows to each other. And then at some point you're going, this isn't worth it. And for me, when I look back on this, I'm just like, what I know now, I'm like, you know, I was really in a position in my life where I could have really peeled back some problems that I had and really got to the root of them and grow as a person. And I chose just to run from it, you know, and put blame someplace else. And I'm not saying that those relationships may have lasted or whatever. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, who knows what would have happened? But all I know is that there was some things about me personally that I could have grew in a long time ago if I would have understood who my father was in God. I'd be I would have been a different person a long time ago. Well, and your story, you know, your story that ha- you know that you're talking about right now is to help other people, right? That are dealing and struggling with the they're in a situation right now where they feel stuck. They feel like, you know, in their marriage, they're how do I they're wanting to get out of their marriage or they feel stuck in their marriage. They feel like it's the hamster on the wheel or they feel like they just they're not making any progress in their marriage. Because I think what happens is, generally speaking, we get into a marriage. This happens to many, many people in marriages. We get into a marriage, we, we have kids, we have jobs, and we just get going with life. Life takes over, right? Next thing you know, you, your alarm goes off, you get ready for work, you go to work. You come, you go get your kids, pick them up from school, or you, you meet them at their extracurricular, you take them to their extracurricular, you come home, you make dinner, you go to bed, you snuggle a little bit <laughs> before bed, you go to bed and you wake up and you do the same thing over and over and over again. Right, right. Right? It's like we get stuck in these patterns and then we don't, we don't get deep. We don't get real. We don't get vulnerable with one another and talk about the things that need to be talked about. We don't make the time. And this is a pattern for many, many couples, right? It's just easier to shove it under the rug this week. Okay, now next week, I'm going to shove some more under the rug. And we're not going to talk about it because we're too busy right now. Yeah. And then you do it until it's a mountain. It's huge. Yep. And then you have this big explosion. Yeah. There's this huge explosion that you have that you're dealing with where you just need to Stop shoving things under the rug and take care of the matter right away before it gets bigger, before it gets bigger. Yeah. I mean, to where I'm at in in the stage of my life, I, every thought that I have now is what does the Bible say about this? You know, what, like, what should I be doing? So I, like, I refer to it as a biblical mindset. So, you know... That's where my head goes when I start looking at these things, because I truly believe it's the roadmap for all problems. But you bring up an interesting point, you know, if you don't water the garden, it's not going to grow. So you take specifically this whole thing of routine, right? Like, if you're a man sitting there who 
gets up in the morning, goes to work, comes home, turns on the TV, eats dinner and goes to bed. And that's your routine every single day, day after day after day after day. And then on the weekend, you watch football or baseball or you take the kids to there and there. And you're not watering, so to use the analogy, your wife. <laughs> How do you expect that to keep growing? And that's where sin comes into play. And this is where I go back to my biblical way of thinking, you know, like we get caught in sin to the point where we're neglecting our significant other. So, you know, don't tell me that you don't have a few extra bucks and can open up some free time on a Friday night to take your woman out on a date or do anything like I mean, we get very creative about this sometimes. I'm like, it doesn't cost anything to go on a hike. And, right. it's, and it's good for your body. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yes. don't know. I could talk about this topic forever. I mean, um, there's just so many ways to go with this and so many problems that, you know, people have in their marriages. But when you start breaking it down and you start looking at it, I'm like, at what point do you start looking inwardly at yourself going, well, what the heck am I doing to improve the situation other than worrying about what I'm not getting? Yes. So I was reading as of course we researched so much and it's, um, there was an article that says there's some tips for you. You can be honest in your relationship by one being open about your thoughts and feelings Two following through on your promises three being consistent and reliable four avoiding vocalizing judgments five telling the truth even when a lie might protect you so again these really are things that we've talked about today in our podcast but um, hopefully some of these things can help you guys out there and please share uh, this podcast with anyone you think could find value in what we're talking about today in today's episode as well. You know, marriage just is not always easy and that's okay, but it's recognizing that it's not going to be perfect and that you it is fixable. You can fix what's going on in a marriage, even when you think that it's not repairable. It can be repaired sometimes. So most times. So just really take a deep dive into yourself and just take a look at yourself and then come together with your spouse and just have that vulnerable moment. Well, I think a thing that was important for me is like, do I want to be a stagnant pond or do I want to be a flowing river? Right. You know, because when you get into these routines of life, you become stagnant, you know, and that's not good for your own personal growth. I just think about, you know, God and what his blessings are for us. They're so much bigger than what people even realize. I look at my own life. I look at what other people are doing in their lives. If you're caught in a routine, if you're stuck, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling blocked, you know, whatever you want to call it in your marriage or even just where you're at in your life, like it's telling you something. God's telling you something in that moment 
because he has more for you. He has growth for you. His plan for you is so much bigger than where you're sitting at right now. And I don't care if you're 20 or 50 or 70. Or 80. Or 80. Or 90. Or 100. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's more for you. And, and this is like, I feel like this is a really big problem. I used this stupid, I don't know if you'd call it an analogy or what it is, whatever it was, but I was talking to this guy and I said, okay, imagine if you, your big ambition was to work the grill at McDonald's and you meet this wonderful woman and she doesn't care that you're meeting your, the grill guy at McDonald's. But you fall in love, you get married, and a few years into it, she wants to have you guys want to have a family. You can't realistically raise a family as the grill guy at McDonald's. Like you gotta have some growth in your life. Like you have to level up, you know? And I feel like when people get stuck in certain places, that's just a sign that says you need to level up. You need to go to the next level. It's not just necessarily your job. It could be a number of different things, you know, whatever that means for you, if you're feeling stuck, because it's probably time to level up at something in your life that you're just not looking at or refuse to deal with. That's good. That's good. I would like to add to, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, this is um, a little different than what you were just talking about, but from the, from a female standpoint, from the wife standpoint, for me, you know, there is nothing sexier than to see my husband pray with me, come together with me and pray with me out loud. We pray out loud together or to see him worshiping God and church or even um, here in the truck. You know, it's just to see him devote his time to God and just literally live out the word and to live for God that is so appealing and so sexy as a wife, because I think we women, God comes first always for man or woman, but then to be united with a man that's devoted to God, that's sexy. And there's such security in that and God's security, right? God is the foundation of security. So then when you, you're married to a man that is grounded in God as well, that is so sexy to a woman. You're sexy, babe. And here I thought it was just my physique. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Glad the world knows that I'm sexy. It was pretty funny. <laughs> well... Me, it's more practical, which is boring, but it works. It just works. The Bible works. You read the thing and it just makes sense and it fixes all the problems if you just understand it. Um, well, I think that's part, that's, that's the piece, right? Like you have to dig into it. You have to actually read it. And so for any of you that maybe are those people that go, I don't want to read the Bible. It's so boring. I, every time I open the Bible and I start reading it, I start falling asleep or I don't understand it. It says thou and shall and, you know, all those old words. Well, you don't have to read that version. You don't have to read that version. Get with the times, people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we have um, the Bible app called Version, and we have it right on our phone. So we can take our Bible everywhere we go. And we like the NIV version, New King James version. I personally like the CEV version, which is contemporary English version. Um, but they all say the same thing. And I do a lot of cross, cross-referencing just to check them, some of the verses sometimes, but because I dig in extra, but I just, but I fell in love with reading the Bible. It's not a have to thing. It's not work. It's more because I'm getting to know the Heavenly Father in a deeper level, but it becomes fun when you start actually doing like a devotional, like every day and you start just reading even a couple of verses a day from the devotional, you'll start finding yourself digging deeper and deeper and reading more and more um, the more you get into it. So I highly recommend, and we have that link on our website as well, which is on the radicalroad.com. So we have the version Bible app link, or you can just go to your phone and find it as well. So yes. highly recommend digging in and do it together if you want as spouses. And of course, the practical side of me, again, I keep saying this more and more to people. I'm like, well, what do you really have to lose? If you're, if you're feeling stuck in your marriage, like you're not growing together, whatever it is, why not put your butt in a church and see what happens? I challenge you. Right. What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? It's funny. I keep saying that more and more to people, but, but it's true. Like, what do you got to lose at this point? Like, if you're feeling at the end of your rope, I don't, I don't even care what it is. Like, you know, you're having a bad day. You have an addiction. You're whatever it is. Or don't just go to church on Sunday to make face at church on Sunday. You know, to say, oh, check it off the list. I just went to church on Sunday. Check it off the list. Or the wife or the husband wanted me to go to church. Check it off the list. Don't just go for that reason. Go and really get close to God, get intimate with God through prayer, through worship, just really make the best of it while you're there. Have fun. It's supposed to be a party when you go to church. It's not, it's a party for Jesus. It's a celebration. It's not a funeral. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause there's more to it than just showing up. Right. Like even just reading the Bible, I feel like is just one piece of the puzzle. Like there's so much more to it. You know, there's community there. So much community. I just mentioned a little while ago, you know, like I just came to the realization that I needed men around me that could speak into my life and that like basically forced me to talk about what was going on. It it changed everything. It changed everything. So, so what do you got to lose? Get in there. Check it out. Yes. If you have questions, you can send them to us at Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate you listening in every week. And we have some really cool interviews planned coming up. So we're really stoked about them. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, like Matt said, contact us. Um, but we would like to end today's episode with a prayer. We just want to pray over our, um, our audience. And if you're not one that likes to pray, you can shut her down now, but we would love for you to stick around and pray along in agreement. So 
Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you and we thank you for our listeners, for each one of the people listening today. Lord, we just pray over their relationships, their marriages, Father God. We just pray that you um, open up their minds and their hearts. Jesus, we just pray that where they have bondage on them, that that's broken off of them. We pray that you um, just reveal to each one of the listeners um, their flaws, their their sinful nature within their marriage. Just make it clear to them the things that they need to work on within their marriage. Lord, we just pray that they come to you and rest, that they turn to you, that they pray and they ask for your help in their marriages, Father God. We just pray that you unite these marriages strong, Lord, that you unite the husband, wives, Father God, and that they start walking a path with you, Father God, putting you first. And Lord, we just pray that um, you just pour complete blessings over each uh, marriage. Lord, we pray that you um, give them just richness and love, Father God. We just pray that they just feel each other's love and Lord, that they put each other first. And Lord, we just pray that um, that they will find community as well, Lord, that they will find community within their churches um, and a healthy community that they can turn to, Father God, that they can pray with as well in a time of need. And Lord, we just praise you and we thank you for each one of these listeners in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, it's been fun, and we will talk to you next week. We'll see you on the road.